Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Have you ever cried out to God? Cried out in pain, perplexity, sorrow, sadness, anger, frustration, fear. Now, whether your cry was due to events in and around your own life or due to circumstances surrounding those that you know and love dearly or simply because of the happenings of our city, our nation, or the world. Now, if you have, and I suspect that many, if not most of you have, you stand in a long succession of God's people who have done so and whose cries are are witnessed in the scriptures. Abraham, Moses, David, Jeremiah, Jesus, and the Israelites in our passage from Malachi. Malachi was a prophet in the 5th century BC whose name means my messenger. The Lord's messenger, Malachi, has a a word for God's people. He has a message for the Israelites, and, and, and what a message it is. Hear it again from verse 2. I have loved you. The Lord has loved his people. The Lord loves his people still. He wants them to hear. He wants them to know. He wants them to remember. He wants them to be assured. I have loved you. But how did God's people respond to this word? How did they respond to this message from Malachi? Listen again to their reply. How have you loved us? Isn't their response? The Israelites are crying out to God, calling the Lord to account. It is as if through their words, they are placing him on trial. You say you love us. How? Show us, tell us, prove it to us. Where's the evidence of your love? Now, why would God's people respond in this way? Why are they crying out to him in frustration, crying out to him in, in anger? Aren't they the descendants of Abraham? Aren't they those who have inherited God's promises, those who bear the sign of God's gracious covenant? Didn't didn't the Lord free them from slavery in Egypt, give them the law, lead them to the promised land? Aren't all these acts of love, deeds of love? Yes. But in the time of Malachi, God's people were struggling. They were struggling and waiting. The year was about 450 B.C. 
And 130 years before this, Jerusalem had fallen. Babylon laid siege to the city of Jerusalem, tore down the walls, destroyed the temple, and carried off God's people into exile. For 70 years, God's people were exiled into Babylon. But when, the Persia, but when Persia conquered Babylon, God's people were allowed to return. They could go back to their own land. Led by Ezra and Nehemiah, they returned to Jerusalem. They rebuilt the temple. They rebuilt homes. They restored the walls of the city. God had shown his love. But it had been 50 years. 60 years, at least three generations had passed since those days. And those who were children when the temple was rebuilt, if they were still alive, they had grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And during that time, during those years, during those generations, nothing had happened. They were waiting, waiting upon the Lord, waiting for him to act. They were in their land, yes, but it wasn't their own. They were simply a small province in the vast Persian Empire. They had no king. God's promised king had not emerged. God's glory had not descended upon the temple. Their economy was in shambles, primarily due to crop failures. The Israelites were waiting. Waiting and living. Living day-to-day life. And they were working Raising a family, eating, sleeping, talking about the weather, praying, hearing the scriptures, striving to obey the law, offering sacrifices. They were waiting and waiting and wondering, where was the Lord? Where was God? He had not spoken. He had had sent no prophets since Haggai and Zechariah when when the temple was rebuilt. God had not acted in some time. Had he forgotten them? Did they really belong to the Lord? Were they really his covenant people, his chosen people? If so, why were they struggling? Then God sends his messenger, Malachi. God speaks through his messenger, Malachi. I have loved you. I love you still. How have you loved us? And patiently, like a loving father, the Lord answers his children. And and here is his answer. Edom. Edom was the one nation, was one of the nations bordering Israel. Edom descended from Esau. Now, if you remember your Old Testament history, Abraham was the father of Isaac. And Isaac was the father of twins. Isaac was the father of Esau and Jacob. Jacob was the younger of the twins, but God's blessing was on the younger. God's blessing was on Jacob. The promises given to Abraham and Isaac went to Jacob, not Esau. God's covenant was with Jacob, not Esau. Jacob, whom God renamed Israel. The older would serve the younger. But when the Babylonians marched upon Jerusalem, Edom seized the moment. Edom aided the Babylonians against Israel. They served as spies. They blocked escape routes. They looted. And when the dust settled, they acquired some of Israel's territory as their own. How have you loved us? And God answers, Is not Esau Jacob's brother? 
Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. The actions of Esau, Edom, against God's people did not go unpunished. Invaders from the desert attacked Edom, ransacked Edom, forced Edom to abandon their land, to move south, south of of Judah, never to return, never to rebuild. God says this was his work. God says this was his doing. But Jacob, Israel, his people, they've been restored. They've been brought back to their own land. The temple rebuilt, the walls rebuilt, homes rebuilt, sacrifices once again offered in the temple. The Lord did this. The Lord accomplished this. I have loved you. And the Lord's love, his covenant love for his people has an even greater purpose. The return to their land, the rebuilding of Jerusalem, had an even greater purpose. Listen to verse 11 of our passage again. From the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. But God's plan, his eternal plan, was that his name be known among all the nations, that his name be known among all the peoples, that his name be known over all the earth, and not just known, but great, exalted, magnified, glorified, above every name. And God's plan was that his name be made known, his name be made great through his people, his people whom he loved, his covenant people, Israel. For it is through Israel that God would send his son. For it is through Israel that God, the Almighty, took on flesh. The creator of heaven and earth humbled himself, grew and developed in a womb. And after nine months was born in a stable in Bethlehem to Mary. And they named him Jesus. I have loved you. I love you still. God's love for his people would ultimately be shown by his very presence among them, with them, for them, in Jesus. Jesus, who would be rejected by his own, handed over to the Romans to be put to death, to be crucified. But even this was an act of divine love. Even this was part of God's plan. For through the death of Jesus, salvation has come. Through the crucifixion of Jesus, deliverance has come. Salvation and deliverance from sin, from Satan, from death for his people. For those who rejected him denied him for Israel and for the world. Our New Testament reading is probably the most well-known verse in all of Scripture, John 3.16. Why? Why is it the most well-known? Because it summarizes the gospel so succinctly. It summarizes the good news of Jesus so well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 
God's love is for the world. A perishing world. And God shows that love tangibly, physically, definitively in Jesus. And that's the heart of Christmas. Christmas celebrates the astounding, overflowing love of God for the world, for his people, for you in Jesus Christ. For in Jesus, God opens up his covenant to a perishing world. To be, to be claimed by God, to be in relationship with God, no longer requires you to be descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Simply through faith in Jesus, this salvation is yours. Through faith in Jesus, you're claimed by God, belong to God. And all you have to do is receive it. Like a gift with open hands. And it's through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus that God's name has been known among the nations, that God's name has been made great among the nations, exalted, magnified, glorified among the peoples. As promised through Malachi. As proclaimed through Malachi. To God's people who are struggling and waiting. Although we are separated by time and geography and culture, we have much in common with God's people in Malachi's day. As followers of Jesus, we live waiting, waiting, sometimes struggling, sometimes wondering, we live in an in-between time, just like God's people in Malachi's day. God has acted. He's acted in Jesus. He's brought deliverance in Jesus, and he promises to return. He promises to return and claim his people to resurrect the dead, to bring a new heaven and a new earth where there is no struggling, where there is no suffering, no pain, no aches, no illness, no injustice, no tears, no loss, no death. That's the promise. But right now, waiting, it can seem like nothing's happening. Right now, waiting, we live. We live day-to-day -day life. Working, raising a family, eating, sleeping, talking about the weather, praying, reading the scriptures, attending worship, striving to be faithful, waiting. Sometimes you may wonder, where are you, God? Have you forgotten? Sometimes you may struggle and wonder, where are you, God? How have you loved us? Have you forgotten? Events happen in your life or in the lives of those you love or in the world around you, and you wonder, where are you, God? How have you loved us? Why aren't you acting? Why, why do you allow so much pain? Why do you allow so much suffering? Why do you allow so much wrong? Why is there so much death? Why does it all seem, seem meaningless? 
Or you may be feeling like you're just going through the motions of the motions of life, the motions of worship. You, you, you may find yourself wondering, is there really more? Is there really more than this life? Is there really more than the here and now? Malachi's words are for you. I have loved you. I love you still. Christmas is for you. Because Christmas is the same message as Malachi, just as an act. The coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, is God saying, I have loved you. I love you still. Through faith in Jesus, you belong to God. You're his. And part of that faith, part of our life of faith is waiting. Waiting patiently. Waiting obediently. Even when it seems like nothing is happening. Even when it seems like like God is not present. Even when you are struggling. Faith is waiting. But Christmas is a reminder. It's an assurance. It's an assurance and a reminder for you. Yes, God has acted. Yes, God is with us. He is present. Yes, God will act again. He's faithful to his promises, faithful to his people, his waiting people, faithful to you. I have loved you. I love you still. Thanks be to God. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 